welcome, everybody. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Good to be together uh, with you. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Did you enjoy the beautiful day today? Wasn't it grayed out? Could you believe it's January? Hey, before I get started, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, Christmas. I want to say thank you for inviting so many people, praying for so many people. A few weeks ago, many of you put names on these doors that we had in the front, and uh, keep praying for those uh, people. Thank you for uh, volunteering as well. I want to show you just real quickly a few numbers from our, uh, our Christmas uh, Eve services. Uh, that's how many people attended the Pewaukee uh, campus, and uh, they just had a great impact in, in Pewaukee. Here's our overall attendance and uh, the, the most impactful Christmas that we've ever had. And then uh, 23%, and this is the weekend after Christmas, this year, 23% more of people uh, attended here, uh, attended River Glen than the weekend after Christmas last year. And this is the smallest number. This might be the best one, though. Uh, Ten people let us know that they made a decision to uh, start following Jesus. And so let's just uh, let's show our appreciation to God uh, for making it such an impactful uh, Christmas. And thanks for, your, thanks for your help as well. Well, today's called uh, Vision Weekend because I want to talk with you about your perspective, your vision for your life as uh, we, we uh, continue in 2019. I want to begin with this question. Do you ever feel frustrated looking back on a season in your life because you realize now that you lacked perspective back then? I can think of you know, many examples of this in, in my life. First one that comes to my mind is back in uh, 1996, Marnie and I moved from Kentucky up to the Milwaukee area to plant River Glen Church, and sometimes people will say, well, that took a lot of faith, but you know what? It did not feel that way back then. I worried so much. I was a nervous wreck when we moved up here. I worried so much that I had trouble sleeping, and and I turned to food and culvers for comfort, ate way too much. I just lacked faith and perspective, but God came through, and the church got off to a really good start, good strong start. But then it turned into a very busy season for Marnie and I as uh, we uh, helped begin this new church, and we really had no margin in our schedules, probably the busiest season in our marriage and uh, in our lives. And there was no way that we could fit another child into our lives. We just didn't have space for another child. But God saw it differently. And I remember when I came home one day, and I I walked into the kitchen, and Marnie came out of the bathroom holding one of these, And here's what this meant, that life was over. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I freaked out, and uh, not in a good way. I just lacked so much faith back then because uh, looking back, I wouldn't change a day uh, since God brought another child into our family. I just lacked faith and and perspective back then. How about you? Ever... uh, you, you ever been there? Maybe for you, it was at work. You know, maybe things weren't going very good at work for you. Maybe you lost your job. Or maybe it was a relationship. Maybe you lost a loved one or a relationship severed. Or maybe it was parenting and, you know, you, you thought maybe, maybe a demon got up in one of your kids and you just didn't have any hope. You didn't think it was ever going to end. Maybe some of you were single and, you know, everybody else is getting engaged and you started worrying, you know, is it ever going to be my turn Looking back, I don't know what that season was for you, but isn't it true that all of us had a season that you can look back on now and uh, you lacked faith. You realize you lacked lacked perspective. Think about the hours that you you wasted uh, worrying. You want to go back in time and just shake yourself and say everything is going to be okay. But it didn't feel that way, and if we're honest, the issue was what? We lacked faith. 
And this isn't just something that happened back then. This is something that we deal with every single day, whether it's a big decision or a small one. So today, I want to help us learn to just see our life in a different way. I want us to learn to see our life through the eyes of a lion. I want to use that metaphor today. It actually comes from a book that came out several years ago by a, by a man named Levi Lusco. It's a, it's a metaphor for learning to view life through the eyes of faith. And um, I think it's a really a great metaphor. And here's why. Lions have spectacular vision. I mean, they can see so much better than we can see, especially at night. I'm told that lions can see six to eight times better than we can see at night. I mean, we get in the dark, you know, and we're like, you know, who is that? Is that you, Johnny? Is that you, Susie? But not a lion. A lion's like, that's dinner. Lions can just see so much better than we can see, especially at night. Now, why can lions see better and see further than we can? Well, you need to understand some things about eyesight. First of all, eyesight is basically the function of taking in light and processing light. Eyesight depends on how well you take in and process light. Here's how eyesight uh, works. The light comes in through the cornea on the outer edge of the eye, through the pupil. The pupil is a colored part of our eye that expands to control how much light goes. And then it goes through a lens that sends it to the back of the eye, to the retina, where there are millions of rods and cones that send the light through the optic nerve to our brain so that we can see. Did you get all that? We're going to have a quiz on that. You have to pass to be able to leave. I'm kidding. I don't care if you remember any of that. Here's the only thing I want you to remember. How well you can see, how far you can see, depends on how well you process light. And God designed the eyes of a lion to process light much better than ours. The, the pupil in the eye of a lion, for example, can expand three times larger than ours can, which, can, which allows more light into their eyes. And their retina has a lot more cones than ours does, and so they can actually absorb uh, more light. And the light that comes in doesn't escape as much as our eyes. That's why when you see a picture of lions at night, yeah, yeah can you see that? Their eyes glow in the dark. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if your eyes were able uh, to do that, that would be awesome. But here's what is maybe, I think, maybe the most amazing part of how God designed the eye of a lion. If you look at the lion's eyes, notice they've got this white strip under their eye. You know, uh, uh, baseball players, football players, they'll have black strips under their eyes to reflect the glare away, to reflect the light away. But God designed the lion with white strips to help a lion absorb more light into their eyes. The, eye, the light bounces off the white into their eye. And that's why a lion can see better and further than we can. Isn't that an amazing metaphor? Really, it's a great example of how faith works. I mean, uh, think about this. In Revelation chapter 5, Jesus is referred to as the lion of Judah. Take a look at how Jesus talks about himself, describes himself in John chapter 8. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I mean, all the light. Jesus is the source of, of all the light in our life. In fact, he says here at the end of the verse that he gives us the light of life. In the original language, that phrase means he gives purpose and joy and vitality to our lives. And so if you want to have the eyes of a lion, the closer you bring Jesus, 
the further you will be able to see. But here's the toughest part of this verse for me and and maybe for you as well. Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And uh, that's tough because even if you follow Jesus, every single one of us has, has had times where we felt like we've been in the darkness. And in the midst of dark circumstances, it's hard to have the eyes of a lion. It's hard to move forward in faith. Some of you may remember uh, back in 1990 when NASA launched this 20-year dream. For 20 years, they worked on the most technologically advanced telescope ever invented. It would circle the Earth. It would orbit the Earth every 97 minutes, and it would take pictures of the galaxy in the universe better than anyone has ever seen before. They called the project Hubble after the Hubble telescope, and they spent $4.7 billion on this project. So they launched Hubble, but the first images came back blurry, unclear, and really disappointing. They, They began to diagnose what happened. They discovered that the company that designed and produced The primary optical component that went into Hubble, they made a miscalculation. And here's the problem. It was way too expensive to bring Hubble back and fix it. But one guy came up with a great solution. He said, what if we create a new lens and we fly it out into outer space and we put that new lens over the old lens and cancel out the air and then Hubble will be able to see with 20-20 vision. And that's exactly what they did. And it worked. And for the very first time, pictures that were very blurry, they began to see more clearly. And we could see our galaxy and the universe like never before. Now think about it. When Hubble didn't see clearly, was that the galaxy's fault? No, no. It was just a bad lens. And what I want to suggest today is that if we want to see through the eyes of a lion in in 2019... If we want to see further in 2019, maybe some of us, what we need to do is we need to put on a new lens to view the challenges and the problems and even the pain and suffering in our lives. Here's a great way to look at problems and pain. This comes from Levi Lusco. If you're taking notes, he gives great perspective on pain. He says, pain doesn't have to be an obstacle. It it doesn't. As, As a matter of fact, it can be an opportunity for God to use you like never before. That's a different kind of a lens, isn't it, for looking at pain and problems. So here's what I want to do today. I want to look at a scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 because it's a great guide for putting on a new lens to look at pain and problems through the eyes of faith. It's written by the Apostle Paul, and I want to look at three principles that he shares with us, and these are not easy, okay, but they're true And they help us to see more clearly. Here's principle number one. Pain can push us closer to God than ever before. Think about this. When you get in a dark situation, what do your eyes do? You don't even have to tell them to do this. They just automatically do this. They open up wider. You know why they do that? It's because they're starving for light. They want more light. And the same thing can happen in the midst of pain. It opens us up to hearing God speak into our lives. Let's pick it up here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, where Paul, who went through more pain and suffering than anybody outside of Jesus, he says this. He says, it started when God said, light up the darkness. Now, what's he talking about here? Well, he actually quotes a verse from Genesis chapter 1. 
He quotes where God says, let there be light. But Paul actually refers here in this section to his conversion experience. Paul had lived a dark life. He actually persecuted other Christians. And we read in Acts chapter 9 that he's traveling on the Damascus road and he sees this bright light. And for the first time, Paul sees who Jesus really is. But it took him being in the darkness for the light to shine so brightly in his life. And he goes on to say this, our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ. Paul saw the light for the first time that day. And some of us, if we're being honest, the reason we came to church and the reason we found Jesus and maybe the reason that we got baptized, if we, if we really thought about it and went back, we were in a pretty dark place. And we wanted something more in our life. We wanted more light in our life. Maybe some of you are new. Maybe some of you, uh, someone invited you and uh, you're new and we're just delighted to, to have you here. And the reason you're here, if you're honest, you're searching to find more in your life, more than you're experiencing right now. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts to us in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. That's just how God works oftentimes. Pain pushes you closer to God than ever before. So you might wonder, then, then why aren't more people close to God? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because when you get in a dark situation, when you get in a dark environment, if you don't move, you know what happens? Your eyes adjust to the darkness. Your eyes get used to the darkness. And so you have a decision. Am I going to just sit in the darkness or am I going to move into the light? It's your choice. That's why as we go through these principles, I use the word can. Pain can do these things in your life, but it's up to you. It's your choice. So pain can push us closer to God. And then here's the second principle. Pain can point out adjustments that we need to make. It's like when you go to the eye doctor. You ever gone to the eye doctor and the eye doctor will put some drops in your eyes to dilate your eyes? I hate that. I hate when they do that. You know, everything looks blurry. And uh, for several hours afterward, you can't really read anything uh, because, because of the eye drops. Do you know why they dilate your eyes? Think about this. They dilate your eyes because when it opens up your eye, they're able to look into your eye. They're able to see your retina and able to diagnose anything that might be an issue in your eyes. And pain does the exact same thing. Pain can indicate that we need to look at something in our life before it gets out of hand, before it gets out of control. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says this, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he's given to those he called. I mean, pain can, can open our hearts but I think we also have to admit that we oftentimes close our minds. We close our hearts. We resist God trying to get our attention in some area of our, of our life. I love this quote. It says, it says, nothing happens until the pain of remaining the same outweighs the pain of change. And I think many of us would admit that's true, that it took some pain to move us to make a change. Think about how this works in our lives physically. Do you know that there is an ailment uh, few people have it, but there's actually an ailment where people cannot feel physical pain. And do you know what those people wish for? They wish that they could feel physical pain. Because oftentimes when we feel physical pain, it, alert, it alerts us. It reveals something that needs changing. 
Some of you, you know, you took your pain to the doctor, and the doctor found something that eventually, it might have killed you, or it might have harmed you. For many years, my wife uh, struggled with indigestion, and she tried different medications. They put her on different medications, and they did different tests, and nothing helped her until finally a doctor had her do an elimination diet, and Marnie discovered that she has an allergy uh, to soy, and one adjustment, no more indigestion, one adjustment, no more problem. That's why, that's why you should never ignore pain in your life. Pain can point out adjustments. Think about it. I mean, if you're in financial stress uh, right now, could it indicate that you have put your hope in material things versus God? If you're having stress at work and getting all bent out of shape at work, maybe, maybe that indicates that you find your identity in your work, uh, not in who God says you are. Here's a big one, marital pain. Yeah, don't ignore marital pain. It may indicate that, that something needs to change. And it may not be your spouse. It might be you that needs changing. But you just can't ignore pain. See, pain can dilate our eyes and let God inform us of some things that we need to do differently. The only question is, how long will we tolerate the pain until we make the, the, the change? Well, well speaking of uh, dilated eyes, do you know another time when our eyes dilate? Scientific research has actually proven that our eyes dilate when we are attracted to someone. And so, yeah, this is what eyes look like that see you. Okay, see that? And then over here, eyes that are really uh, into you, really attracted to you. So if you're on a date, if you're single and you're on a date, uh, you know, look, look into their eyes, okay, and see if they're dilated. Play it cool. Okay, if they're dilated, play it cool. Okay, uh, don't get too excited. You got to play it cool. And uh, ladies, I care about you, so I want to give you a, a little, little insight here, a little extra help. If you look into his eyes and you see anything that looks like this, that's not good. Run, okay? That is not good right there. But just like dilated eyes have the potential to inform us, pain has the potential to point out adjustments that you really need to make. But here's the third principle, and this is the hardest one. Pain can be the greatest platform that God uses in your life. And nobody wants that. Nobody wishes for that. But we see this is how God works. Book of James says this in chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why would we consider, why would we consider pain a, a, a joy? He goes on to say that pain oftentimes develop, develops perseverance. And God can use that perseverance and what he did in your life as a platform for God to use you like never before. Are you okay? Are you okay if God wants to use you know, your pain to do something great in the world for him? That's tough, isn't it? But we have to be able to look at pain through a different lens as scripture speaks into our life. Again, going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul, who had so much pain in his life, listen to what he says. So we're, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God's making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. Paul says, you know, it might look like things are falling apart on the outside, but on the inside, I'm strong in Jesus. And how can Paul say that? Well, he goes on to say this. These hard times are small potatoes. It's the uh, message uh, translation. But it's so good, isn't it? But here's what we would say. That's great for you, Paul, but 
My hard times are not small potatoes. And we might argue with Paul that his aren't either. Paul preached and he got beat up. He preached. He got thrown into prison. He preached. He got thrown in onto a ship and shipwrecked on an island where he got bit by a snake. I'm not making this up. It's all in the book of Acts. I mean, his life was like one big bad day. So how can Paul say my troubles are small potatoes? Because Paul, it's because Paul's eyes have been dilated with faith. And he's not just looking at what's right in front of him. He's looking further ahead to how God is going to use, God's going to work in and through him. And so he can go on to say this, that these hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. He's looking forward to heaven. And he says there's far more going on here than meets the eye. What if Paul knew that 2,000 years later, uh, after he shares his trials, after he shares his, his faith, what if he knew that in a room in, in, in Waukesha and Pewaukee, one man or one woman would be sitting here right now and would get inspired and start living their life the way that God's always intended for them to live because of what Paul went through. And that's exactly what could be happening right now because Paul saw his life through a different lens. He went on to say this, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What, what you see right here, this is temporary, and what we, what we don't see is e eternal. I want to share with you a, a story I came across about a family. This family... Uh, lives in, in Arizona, and went through some just unspeakable, unspeakable pain. Um, but God has used it in some incredible ways to make an eternal uh, difference. Their home church in Arizona put together this video, and uh, I want you to take a look at it. I remember when it first happened uh, when she got admitted to the hospital. I'm standing in the hallway and my brother-in-law comes up and says, uh, how you doing? What are you going to do? And I looked at him and I says, there's only one person that can fix this. I said, it's God. And um, I have to give it up to him. That was a hard thing for me was knowing he could do it, but what if he doesn't heal her? reminds me of when she stepped into heaven looking back uh, it just hurts it hurts a lot you get scared you literally you lose all strength you got and it was just like getting hit by a truck why God why why did it have to end like that why didn't we get the miracle here I mean, in my book, that would have been a much greater story, God, but in your book, that was your will. 
During this, this time, my mom had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and I remember sitting in church. This was after Katie had passed. And I'm sitting in church, and the song was, I Surrender All. I sat there with my palms up, and I opened my mouth, and the words would not come out because I knew that sometimes God's will is hard, sometimes His will hurts, and I knew that if I say I surrender all and He takes my mom, I wasn't ready for that. I already gave you Katie. I can't give you my mom now. And I'm looking around at other people that are singing it as if them saying I surrender all is going to cost them nothing. And here I was trying to say it with all of my will and it would not come out. I went home and I prayed through it and I cried through it. And God brought me to that point where I could say, God, I surrender all. I give you all. I give you all of it, and I know that you are good. Through it all, you just have to stay faithful to God and realize that there's something bigger than going to your 16th birthday party. Psalm 73, 26, and it's, My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I was there. I was there in that darkness where I did not see God. I could not feel God. I felt like he could not hear me. And God uses those moments to draw us to him. That's why we have these things happening because it has to increase our faith. We have two choices. We can run the other way and run away from him, or we can press in and run to him with all that we have and you have to keep the faith and you have to keep persevering going forward one breath at a time. And then we have to use those moments to try to help other people. And I came to the conclusion finally of faith is knowing that he's able, but also knowing that he's good even if he chooses not to. We have no idea how many people came to know the Lord through her illness. We do know there's a lot. At her service, 45 people got baptized. And her little brother was the very first one to be baptized. If it wasn't for, for our belief in Christ, <laughs> we'd be a big wreck. Here we are um, four and a half years later, and we have joy again, we have smiles again. We miss her every single day and we think about her all the time. But we have seen so many blessings and, and ways that God is still following us, still ahead of us, still guiding us, and it's okay. Faith over fear. For some reason, the Lord chose Katie to get through to a lot of kids and adults. When you realize that you've been chosen by God to take on such a task, to this day, I feel very privileged. That is some amazing faith, isn't it? Those are eyes of faith. That's seeing through the eyes of a, of a lion. Some of us need to be reminded, I know I need to be reminded, that pain doesn't have to be an obstacle. It can be an opportunity for God to use us like never before.
But you understand from their story that it, it wasn't always that way. Katie's mom said, I was in the darkness. I couldn't see God. I was like, God, where are you? And maybe some of you here today are in that type of situation where it just feels really dark and you want to see further. You want to see through the eyes of a lion, but you're in a dark situation right now. And it's hard uh, to move forward in, in faith. Others of us here might be thinking, that was a good story on video and this is a good uh, message. Uh, but this is really for other people. I'm not going through anything difficult. I'm not really going through a hard time right now. This doesn't really uh, relate to me. This relates uh, to other people. And if that's you, I beg to differ because there's only two kinds of people in this room. There are those who are in a trial and then there are those who are training for one. And here's what all of us need to see through eyes of faith, to be able to see through the eyes of a lion. You need more light to be able to see further. Here's what I mean. You can see further when you bring Jesus closer. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the source of all light. When you bring Jesus closer, you can see further. You can see better. Now, for some of you, that might be a new concept. Some of you here, maybe you've never really gone all in with Jesus. And maybe, could it be, that's the reason that things are kind of foggy in your life where things are unclear and hard to see. Could it be that you've really never let Jesus in? That might be an amazing next step for you to take today. We've got people here at the Connect Wall at the Welcome Center that would love to talk with you after the service. Stop by. But for all of us, I want to give you three challenges that will help us let more light in so that we can begin to see through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of a lion. Because you know what? Lions don't have more access to light than we do. We all have access to the same light. And the same is true spiritually. All of us, every single person at every campus has the same access to Jesus. Some people have just learned how to let more light in. And so three challenges for you as we start 2019. Here's the first one. Engage God's word yourself. Take a look at this amazing verse from uh, Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. This book right here, your word, God's word, is a lamp for my feet today and a light for my path in the future. This book can allow God to illuminate your life. And that's why we teach from it every weekend in our services. And I know that's why some of you come on the weekends is because you want to hear teaching from this book. And that's great. That's wonderful. But listen, if you don't ever open this book the rest of the week, that is not enough light. I'm telling you, people who see through the eyes of faith, people who see through the eyes of a, of a lion, they learn to engage this book on their own during the week. They read and they reflect on this book during the week. And, and you don't have to read a lot. Uh, personally, I, I, I don't read a lot. I, really, I read maybe, I like to read maybe 10 to 15 verses a, a day and then reflect on them. Maybe you think, but it's just so hard. You know, it's hard for me to understand. I try to read the Bible and I just, it's hard for me to, to digest and understand what it's, what it's saying. Listen, do you know, did you know that, that it is easier now to engage God's word than at any other time? I mean, there are more study Bibles uh, dozens, perhaps hundreds of study Bibles available with notes below. There are dozens, maybe hundreds of apps that are uh, available to help you engage God's Word on your own. Here's the easiest one. 
to, here's the easiest way to engage God's Word. Download the Version Bible app. It's available on every platform for every phone. And there are thousands of free Bible reading plans available on Version. And every day it tells you what to read. And oftentimes it has devotional notes to help you understand what you're reading. If you're new to the faith, I would suggest you start with a New Testament book. Maybe Matthew or, or the book of John or the book of James. And when you read God's word, say this prayer. God, would you use this as a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Engaging the scriptures will bring light into your life. But there's also many other practices and habits that will let more light into your life. And that's, that's what the second challenge is all about. I want to encourage everybody to go to our website, riverglen.cc, and take the 3C spiritual growth survey. This is new. We just added this a few weeks ago. And uh, it is a great tool that will help you create a growth plan for your life. At River Glen, we talk a lot about the three C's. That stands for celebrate, connect, and contribute. Celebrate, that's your relationship with God. Connect, that's your relationship with other people from the church. Contribute, that's your relationship with the world. And God uses all three of those relationships to illuminate our lives. And that's why we would love for every person who attends River Glen to go to our website and take the 3C spiritual growth uh, survey. It'll lead you through a number of questions to assess where you are spiritually. And it gives you specific next steps so that you can absorb more light and grow. For example, it might recommend that you read a specific book or download a certain app or join a group or a team. I took the survey and one of my next steps is to memorize a specific verse related to one of the three C's. Because I have a tendency to spend all my time with Christian people and it, it gave me a verse to memorize about reaching out to uh, people outside the church in the world. I'm telling you, all of us have room to grow in the uh, three C's. I want to encourage everybody to take this three C survey. And you know what's New Year? All right, beginning of a new year, it's the perfect time to, to go to the website and uh, use this tool to create a, a growth plan. So please uh, check it out. It's real simple. Go to our website, click on menu, and then click on resources, and, and uh, there it is right there. One more challenge for everybody. Come back next weekend for our new series called Better uh, Together. Next weekend, we're going to begin this new series. It's based on this book, Better Together, uh, by Rusty George. And uh, I am really excited about this series one reason is because God loves to use relationships with other people to shine more light into our lives. And another reason I'm really excited is uh, Rusty is a great author, a great pastor from California. He's actually going to be here the last weekend of the series and uh, speak to us. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we also have books available for purchase in the, in the lobby if you're interested. So three challenges for everybody here to let more light in. Engage God's word for yourself. Take the 3C spiritual growth survey. Come back next weekend. Let me pray for us. God, I, I just know that in a room um, with this many people, that some of us are going through some difficult pain, or we will in the future. And whatever we go through, I just pray that you would give us a new lens to look at pain so that we don't sit in the darkness and, and sit there and not move. But we begin to invite your light into our life so you can illuminate our way. And God, thank you for your word that is a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. Thank you for giving all of us access to your word. 
I pray that we would open it up and read and reflect so that you can fill our hearts and minds with more light. And I pray that all of us would take these three challenges to help us see further and better, even in the dark. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.